Hi, uh, this is uh, Tony Silva. And Charles Wiz. And this is, finally, episode 11 of Two Teachers Talking. Uh, Charles and I get together, uh, usually every few weeks, to talk about uh, teaching, uh, great ideas, bad ideas, bad ideas disguised as good ideas, and uh, things that still have us scratching our heads, and other things that uh, often don't get addressed in teachers' day-to-day conversations. Um, today we're talking about um, your uh, CV, since it's the beginning of uh, the job hunting season. Yes, and if it's the beginning of the job hunting season, it means it's the end of summer. Yeah. And aren't, so, you, aren't uh, you happy yeah, that so summer's how finished? How was summer? summer. What, what, what did you, nice vacation? A <laughs> lot of rest, Charles? Combination. Combination. Um, <laughs> some time off. Fortunately, as always, you know, I had my grades done like a day after, two days after um, yeah. classes were finished. I was really uh, on top of stuff. You're, but... you're bringing back some bad memories. <laughs> let's, let's move on. <laughs> no, I just <laughs> wanted to put... Let's yeah. forget that. I remember, grades. right? Because you, you kind of... Nightmare. Yeah, you really had, what, you had like a thousand papers to grade or something? Um, Not a thousand. Okay. But it felt like a thousand. It I think. felt like a thousand. Yeah, I was, was lucky. A lot of I, I really figured things out so that the papers were limited. And, you know, thank God for spreadsheets. Again, remember, that's oh, one yeah. of our episodes. If you're not using a spreadsheet, you're, wor- you're wasting your time in your life. Yeah. But, you know, I finished everything up and um, got a paper done this summer. Had some time off, took a, a did a research trip to the States in California that was wonderful, kind of looking at the California missions and spending a lot of time in some university libraries, mm. doing an amazing thing. Very different from what I used to do. It used to be this idea that you go to the library and you kind of look at books and then you take journals and then you copy the journals, right? You know, you mm. do Xeroxing. All I did was download. I'd spend huh. hours and hours in the library downloading all the articles I usually couldn't access from over here. Interesting. So that was interesting. And then, um, yeah, and then I just finished a three-week intensive over at the University of Tokyo for this um, really interesting – it's a World Bank program um, that they bring um, people over from developing countries who have been working in their government offices and um, who come back and then get a master's in public policy. Mm -hmm. So that was real fun, working with um, highly motivated people. Hmm, that's and, a nice change. Uh, yeah, yeah. And, the, you know, always it was nice, too. I got to see the evaluations, which were really, really good, except for one person who ranked me in terms of teacher effectiveness as being average. <laughs> I was really offended <laughs> because I wanted to say, you know, I'm either above average or below average, but in no way am I average. I was offended. But other than that, it was a good summer, and it's winding down, and now it's prep time. And how about yourself? Oh, busy, busy. Um, yeah, just as soon as uh, grades were turned in, it was um, off to the States for a little bit. But uh, uh, for a few weeks, uh, spent some time in Russia um, through the auspices of uh, Allison, my wife's uh, previous work in, uh, in Russia, where she set up a school about 20 years ago. We were invited back for their anniversary in uh, a city not far from Moscow uh, called Vladimir. Um, we were invited to do presentations for a couple of days at the State University of Vladimir. And so that was uh, kind of interesting. Okay. What did you talk about? Uh, I did two presentations, one on each day. One was uh, on the, the Japanese meeting, mm. which is uh, which I'm, I'm doing a book on as well. And um, if you don't know, it's a long story. You just have to wait and buy the book. But uh, it's, a, it's an interesting ball of wax. And uh, the other presentation uh, initially was focused on commutative confidence, but what it ended up being, more so than I anticipated from the beginning, was a discussion of um, 
some of the barriers that uh, teachers in Japan face uh, in helping their students achieve communicative competency. Um, in contrast to you know the situation that uh, teachers, these are all English teachers in Russia, in contrast to the kinds of problems that teachers in Russia might have. Um, and I thought that by kind of explaining the, the hardships, the specific Japan, Japan hardships that we face here, um, it would help them see their own teaching in a different light. And that, and that was pretty interesting, and the feedback was pretty interesting, too. Oh, good. So you, good. So it was an interesting time and in a different environment. and Very different environment. Yeah. When you were saying, talking about the meeting, right, and you said, oh, it's a long story, I thought you were talking <laughs> about the meeting. A Japanese meeting is a long <laughs> no, story. No, 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 no. It's about Not Japanese business meetings. Oh, well, you must go and, through some. You know, communicative communication styles, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, all that. Oh. Meetings, meetings, meetings. That's yeah, probably the know. joy of summer is that there are no meetings. Well, so I figured after all the time that I've sit wasted in all of those meetings, finally I'm going to get something out of it. Yes, and write a book about it. There you go. <laughs> well, I remember, you know, when we were working together, the idea was if we don't make a decision, I will email you. Torture. <laughs> <laughs> and then I also used to run the uh, meetings without chairs. Right. That's a, that's that a is the, wonderful way to make them it, short. It is the best way. If, yeah. if anybody out there wants to shorten your meetings, no chairs. It's amazing. 15, 20-minute mm -hmm. meetings, people get done quickly because nobody wants to stand. Yeah, excellent. But since you probably want to go to meetings and you want to partake of this wonderful fun of being in the Japanese university system, brings us back to our topic today. Yeah, job hunting season. And specifically, we're talking about CVs, the Curriculum yeah. Vitae. Yeah, so today, yeah, the first step, uh, working on that um, CV. And uh, this is the time to, to be getting it out, right? I mean, the academic year begins in April. Um, most schools right now are um, asking their teachers for commitments for the following year. They're determining what openings may or may not be available. And um, when they ideally, is when they decide that there's an opening that you want there, you want your CV on the desk of the person making the decisions or in, in his or her hands, um, at that time. So now is the time. Okay, so we're going to go through and explain or try to explain from our experience on both ends. I think we've both been on the hiring side as well as, you know, trying to mm -hmm. get hired about how to make a good CV so at least you can save yourself from being put into the trash heap immediately. That's a, that's a really good way of putting it because that is, what happens that is your job, right? When right. you're putting that CV together, what you're trying to avoid is getting it thrown into the trash. Right, and that that's, <laughs> that sounds like a joke, but it it's really not. Um, again, yeah, back um, when I was in that situation, um, yeah, without exaggeration, eighty percent of the CVs that came in the mail went pretty much immediately into the trash. Well, I think you have a real funny story. Oh, geez, about it's, what? It's don't a, you? It, this is a killer. It's tragic, goes, actually. Um, yeah, <laughs> um, this goes back to the uh, the Semongako days, and. Um, as the uh, head native teacher, I was pretty much in, you know, in charge of, so to speak. Now, uh, nothing is an individual decision in Japan, but um, I was kind of had the wheel. But um, I had the uh, the gall, the nerve to actually take vacations other than, you know, Shogatsu, New Year's and Obon. And uh, during the semester breaks, I would often disappear for couple of weeks you bad boy you yeah well they i always they always got even with me they always had the revenge i came back to a beautiful mountain of work on my desk i mean literally a mountain and this is worth mentioning to people the revenge is always taken oh yes 
In yeah, fact, they, I, I they did. And it wasn't. It wasn't personal. It wasn't me, and it wasn't even. A, it's just how a the discrimination thing. It was. It was. It was just the way it is. Yeah. In fact, by the way, just to interrupt you, I heard about somebody who actually had some kind of special sabbatical, and he took a year off, <laughs> and he came back. And he came back, and he had been put onto fourteen committees. <laughs> did they move his office? No, but he was oh, assigned good. to four, fourteen committees. <laughs> <laughs> the usual load, of course, is naturally two or three. Yeah, it's so, kind of like that, um, you know, like a Three Stooges or a cartoon scene. He was like, you know, looking for volunteers, and the whole line steps back. back there the you sucker, are, right? right? Exactly. And it's kind of that thing. It's like if you know, you're everyone's assigned to the committee unless you remove your name from the list, and if you're on vacation, not to take your name off exactly. the list. There you, are. there you go. That's very real. And that's what people will say. Well, you didn't say no. Yeah, you didn't. Yeah, you. You weren't you didn't decline. decline, so you we didn't decline. assumed that we took that as a yes. Okay, so there you are at the Simone Gosco. So there I was on vacation, and th- they did a special spin this time. Is that um, they, in my absence, they hired another foreign teacher. And the the killer of it was the the, the very it was it's it's quite funny because I'm th- I'm pretty sure that what they saw in this guy was a clone of me. But uh, and this is one of those cultural things. It'd be very hard if you can imagine as a, as a non-Japanese person to hire with with any kind of confidence um, someone to teach Japanese. For example, right, um, and and I looked at this guy. It's like it was it was, it was, it was a little bit bizarre because he was he was an American. I'm an American. A little bit overweight. A little bit overweight. Um, martial arts experience. Martial arts experience. A little quite different though. I mean, where I spent eleven years, you know, fairly rigorous one rigorous discipline. He that later explained to me that yeah, he spent about six months and ten or twelve. He learned. He was did one for six months and. He took what he could get from it, then he moved on to the next, since he learned everything. Well, that gives you a hint. Um, so there were a lot of similarities, and then they showed me, it's like, well, you know, there, we have a new teacher. Oh, is that, that's interesting. And they gave me his CV, which was uh, two pages, and this is um, this is early 90s, and it, it, I think it was, I don't think it was on a typewriter, I think it was done on a computer. Um but uh, it was it was it was unattractive. I mean, it's just you know a bad type typeface. Uh, the aesthetics of it were you know just a little bit off. I mean, it's a suspect from the beginning. And then I started to look a little more detail, and there's a lot of things were just hitting me wrong. And I, and I took out, um, I made a photocopy, and I took out my red pen, and in the two pages, there were thirteen, thirteen, either typos. Or misspellings. I'll give them the benefit of the doubt and call them typos, uh, but I'm not sure that all of them were. Some of them might have just misspellings or grammar errors. There were 13 mistakes in two pages. Oh man! So this is this is a CV that would or was destined for the trash can, um, but the at the at the, the gatekeeper was absent, and uh, and he was hired, and they gave him a full teaching load. Uh, full-time teaching load. Um, of course, he was a disaster, um, and one of the more evil people uh, involved. Uh, by the end of that year, was um, so dead set against this guy that they cut his classes down to two or three from a full-time load. From a full-time load, and they didn't tell him until the teachers' meeting in April. 
Oh, nobody deserves that. Nobody deserves that. So, oh. you, you, so here's uh, he's pleading with me in tears, and understandably, I mean, because because whatever they t- I don't know what they told him, but this guy went back to California, um, moved back to Osaka, moved within a uh, a block of the school. Um, oh man, yeah, bad bad episode. Um, but I guess uh, aside from the, the bigger, well, that's another <laughs> ramification to that, right? It? Right. It's true. But uh, the other thing, is, when looking for the job, how important it is. It's like you know, you think about your CV, you think about yourself, your experience, your confidence. So much depends on who's at the other end, who's reading that piece of paper. Mm. I mean, you can have the the, the we, we're going to talk about put together a good CV, what to put on it, what not to put on it. It can be perfect, um, but if the person who's reading it doesn't have eyes to see that, you're screwed. Exactly, so and, and 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 the other way around is like exactly. you know if you, you you might hand in crap, and something clicks with someone who's like and and you're their you're, you're their guy you're their girl but um, got nothing to do with the quality of your CV. Right, it's a real hard. It's a crapshoot. There you go. Yeah, and it depends who's on the side reading, and so let's get to it. Okay. Right? Okay. CVs. First thing, I'm going to complain. The next person who tells me that they provided somebody or submitted a resume. I think I'm going to scream it. If I had any hair left, I would pull it out. Okay, the distinction between a resume and a, and a CV. CV. Because in our okay. field, you do a CV. It is not a resume. And uh, you want to take a shot at that, Tony? Pet well, I can, tell you, I can tell you what um, – I'll consult a higher authority. Um, is that Hebrew National? <laughs> <laughs> no, this is, this is one of the highbrow sources. This is about.com. Well, you remember that, right? The Hebrew National. The, what it, was their tagline? We have to answer to a higher authority. It was great. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, a, a resume is a resume is it's short. It's one or two pages, a summary of your skills, education, experience. I mean, really brief. It's a page or two, right? Um, a CV, a curriculum vitae, is longer, and the older you get, the longer it gets. It's a more detailed synopsis of of what you've been doing it's a list of all your publications your presentations your research your books right um uh a little bit more about your your teaching experience um it's it's considerably longer there but is yeah, no there is no page limit on a cv correct and a resume as a two-page resume is even considered excessive yeah yeah right? people people always talk about getting on one page get on one page and you know you, when you talk about you know what we've done it's like well there's no way. You have to have at least... I mean, sing, the, the schools that I've taught had single space <laughs> take up more than a page. Right. If you've got a history as a part-time person or you mm. know, whatever, it's amazing. Yeah, it's like two pages of just work. So, okay. So, first thing, a CV is not a resume. Right. Because it's not just talking about your work experience and it's not meant to get you know an HR person's attention for some profit organization. Right. So, the first thing you lose is that ridiculous objective. There you or go. Purpose. What is it people do, okay. right? Oh, God. Objective. It's a school. <laughs> to, obtain, to obtain. I'm a, guessing you want to be a teacher. To obtain a full-time position that pays me enough money so that, you know, you don't put that in there. What you end up doing is you have your contact information, and then you have the first thing that goes in is your education, mm. right? Okay, so there's no objective. You put your contact information, then your education, then your work history, right? And then after that, as you mentioned, come your publications and then your presentations and finally at the end are your, your professional organization membership 
Yeah, there's I think, also I a think place for the, um, research I think the funding order there, I think it might be is a little bit more flexible and changing um, depending on where, you know, what, what school you're looking for, because uh, applying yes. to. Yes. Because, um, uh, again, we look at the, um, you know, we do our CVs in, in a more Western, you know, left on our own, on, on a more Western format. A lot of times, whether it's part, you almost always for full time, but often for part time as well. Uh, the institution will then ask you to submit a Japanese version, uh, Redex Show, uh, on one of their specific forms or any of the general forms uh, that um, that are available. And there, the, the the things are you know fairly specific order and things. And what I've done on my CV is to, at least in terms of chronology, yes, mirror most of what the Japanese ones ask which for. Is, so which mine is... come mine come experience first. Okay, but right. So first, mm. the Japanese really, because usually mm. the Japanese ones I've seen have your education, then your your work experience. But here's the important thing: the Japanese um, CVs or whatever you want to call it, the reaction is in chronological order, whereas Western CVs are in reverse chronological order. Right, and get used to that. Yeah, <laughs> that's um, <laughs> and some other and some other really big differences. Uh, again, we're used to this, so we don't think too much about it. But I think for uh, listeners who aren't in Japan or are very new to Japan, um, the other thing that's kind of odd about you know for, for an outsider or a newcomer to um, uh, that surprises them things that are assumed uh, to be included in in a CV things like um, your age or date of birth. Right, the, they um, want that. Yeah, yeah, they want that uh, citizenship, uh, your visa status. Um, marital often, status, yeah. Merit, often marital status, but that I've I've heard that that's changing. Mm. Um, and a picture, a photograph, right? Um, the forms that uh, Japanese universities will provide you will have a space for the photograph, right? So I, you know, I capitulated. I've, I've got one on my on my Western CV. It's over there. Um, and if you when you receive the Japanese um, CVs, it's it's fascinating because, you know, again, this is your CV. You're, you're putting it in for a job. You'd think that the photograph that you'd include would be, if not professionally done, at least in some way, would portray you as an attractive person. <laughs> I mean, as good as you can get. But the, you get these little tiny black and white um, pictures of these people's first staring straight ahead with no expression on their face whatsoever. Well, that's the standard Japanese. Right. Right, you're not supposed to be smiling. Right, mine mine is like a three quarter over the shoulder smiling shot. Yeah. Really, over the shoulder? <laughs> well, it's kind of it's kind of like you know tilted, right? Oh, kind of like shoulders the... are at forty five degrees, looking you know kind of angled, kind of jauntily smiling at the camera. Wow. In fact, I I will not send in. I will not apply for a job that asks for my photograph anymore. Mm. I just find that. Um, I guess people take is one that, look at my face. Is that personal or is that an age thing or, or is it? I think people take one look at my face and decide we don't <laughs> want this guy. I was thinking actually of t- having a shot of like Brad Pitt or like Daniel Craig or something and putting that out and seeing if anybody <laughs> But what happens at the interview? You yeah, got to exactly. show them your face just eventually. Tell them, sorry, I had a car accident. I had to get some plastic surgery or something. It was a terrible accident. Uh, but no, it's just um, I find that. Every time my picture's been requested, I've never gotten anything back. I've always gotten a Dear John letter. And I think that's the way that they... Uh, it tells me that they're either looking at your age or that they have that 
you know, we're going to have to go back to that sometime when we, you know, talk about what they want is that they're looking for that traditional looking foreigner who's going to make their young students happy, mm, mm, you know, and mm. it used to be blonde hair and blue eyes. Remember? Yeah. Yeah. Remember yeah, there yeah, was yeah. a time, you know, when I first came to Japan that a, <coughs> a, an Asian America, you know, an American a person with Asian descent, right? Born in America, native speaker could not get a teaching job in Japan because you did not look like a foreign teacher. Oh, that's um, <clears throat> still the uh. case. <laughs> I mean, it's not. It, it's I'm not, not saying that it's, it's not universal, be, but, but I yeah. think if I think if you talk to anybody with um, Asian features of any kind, um, they will talk about how difficult it is for them to find jobs or get promotions because they don't have <clears throat> a Caucasianish face. Hmm. Um. And uh, yeah, I remember when when I was hiring people, both hiring somebody from um, Sri Lanka, and uh, and a woman, a black woman from uh, the United States. Um, the questions that came up, I mean, they, they were they're actually pretty good with their discretion. I mean, the the roundabout way they were asking these things about, but they didn't say just do we really want to hire a black person, but. <laughs> They did a pretty good job of being PC in their own, you know, kind of twisted Japanese way. Um, but, yeah, the fact that they weren't white raised questions. Yeah. But if, I guess if you do – send, yeah. So I just think that it's a way that they discriminate against people. Mm -hmm. And if you are going to send in a picture, send in a good picture, as you say. Make sure. sure. You know, what does it cost? And it's a whole point of discussion whether it's like by not sending in a picture or sending in you – know, which one works for or against you better? I don't know. I'm just saying that when the job – if the job says, you know, attach a photo to your CV – uh-huh. I don't I just no, move, that makes sense. move that on makes to the sense. next. It tells me that they're looking for something. For a face. If something. It's just because it's my attitude, it's like I would never ask that. What do I need to know what you look like, right? I'll know yeah. what you look like at the interview. Yeah. Yeah. Right? And um so anyway, so CVs, back to our CVs. So you have the photo and they ask for some personal information and that's kind of gotten a little bit better than it used to be, right? So mm -hmm. And um, you we mentioned you talked about the chronology already, you know, the right. backwards chronology from present uh, yeah. backward. Although my my CV, when I if I'm not if they don't require a Japanese form, I always send it in in, in a Western format, mm -hmm. reverse chronology. But anyway, so you have a, a good point where it has to be really clean, neat, and more than perfect, right? Yeah. Well, it's um, you've got to somehow you know, you're, you know the person who's getting the resumes. <clears throat> is getting a lot of them. The CVs, the resumes, <clears throat> they're all coming in. And he, this person's seeing a lot of them. Um, again, what you're trying to do is avoid the trash heap. Now, you have to assume, you know, this person's looking at these things coming in. These are people who ostensibly, you know, you're looking for a job. You're putting your best foot forward. If your best foot, if your best effort is, you know, riddled with typos, or if it's got coffee stains on it, I've seen. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, this tells you something about the person's commitment <laughs> to their career. Um, it, it, it's not a. It's not, it's not necessarily a deal breaker, but you don't want to put yourself, you know, at that disadvantage from the get go. I mean. It's competitive enough as it is. Okay, I mean, if um, you're going to have a stain, at least make sure it's like a red wine stain or something, right? <laughs> Not like some like ridiculous thing like coffee. At least show that you're having a fun time and a party. It's like, okay, this guy's got a red wine stain on his CV. I can understand that. I've spilled my wine before. But coffee stains, nah, come on, that's too mundane. But, yeah, but, you know, quality paper, 
um, clean, clean typeface. I mean, you know, you know, clean margins, easy to read, easy to understand, easy one to follow. Font, Even if it goes to six or seven pages, just make font, it understandable. One font. That's the important thing. Choose one font. You can change the font size, right? Mm-hmm. But don't start mixing Times New Roman and what Helvetica and other things, I think. That's what makes me crazy, right? I just want something really easy on my eye, right? Mm. You know, in other words, you know, it's like if when I used to get them, it was kind of like, excuse me, but I'm reading like 30 of these, 40 of these, and then, you know, you're changing fonts and stuff on me. Well, the other thing that you can do is that people can do is just use the styles um, that come that are part of any, you know, learn to use those styles that come with any word processor. Mm, good point. You know, you use word, they like styles, they have like a whole heading, heading one, heading two, heading three. Just choose, look at them, pick one you like, and just stick with that and, and follow that through. Yeah, but they don't change the font type, do they? Um, uh, sometimes they do. Sometimes, like the like heading one really? is like in a non-serif, okay. And then from the actual um, text is a serif font, uh, like that. Okay. But uh, but they but they're not jarring. They they gel together. They kind of they know what they're doing. This is their job. Okay. Well, I, I always believe in just I use Times New Roman and I move. You can't. It. Well, you can't go wrong with just sticking right. with one font. You know, and fourteen. You know bold for maybe headings and left justification and as simple as can be simple simple yeah i simple. just like the simple style yeah. i hate when people you know no, you can't go wrong with that yeah 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 so okay so keep it clean keep it neat watch for typos did i tell you the story though the, about typos i got lucky once i applied for this job and i got this job in fact this is the uh, the toad eye gig i just finished mm-hmm. and um i get an email from the guy after they've offered me the position he says by the way charles we were trying to you know fill in you know your your um your the employment form for you and we noticed that you're the prefix for your your cell phone only has two digits <laughs> <laughs> i had dropped the zero in front of the zero nine zero and I just got lucky that you know they missed that because that's like was what the fifth line in my CV, right? Mm, lucky they didn't have to call you. Yeah. Oh. And, yeah. and by the way, yeah, um, non-Japanese yeah, right. speakers, Todai, uh, Tokyo University. Oh, okay. Um, and if you did, you didn't hear it, like Charles kind of raised his nose when he he said that. I did not raise my. <laughs> yes, you did. No, I did. No, no. Tokyo University, probably one of the, you know, the, the top or the top two, no, top I'm, three I'm, universities in Japan. Look, I, I'm lucky I got the gig there, but I'm just mentioning the fact that you know the guy, the foreign guy who hired me, he missed it too. Mm. And I was just trying to say is that that's just what I mean by luck. We were talking about in the beginning. Sure. If I had, if the guy had been like some really, I mean, I'm qualified for the job. Don't get me wrong, <laughs> and I do a good job at it, but. That's like, you know, there's my name, there's my address, and there's my email, and then there's my cell phone number, right? Because I don't have a private phone number. I mean, it's like the sixth line. And, you know, there are people like me (laughs) who would have gotten to that and said, the guy made a mistake on his phone number. I'm not reading any further. Well, it certainly raises a red flag. Yeah, absolutely. And that's why... Um, I got lucky. I, I think it's one of the things that you you and I talked about already. Is that's very important, not only with the with the CV, but with any kind of anything that you writing that you're doing, like a paper, uh, so forth. You got to have somebody else look at it. Yeah. Your eyes. You do not trust your eyes because yeah. after working on this one document for however many days or weeks, um, and yeah, it is that important. You probably should spend that much time on it. Um, you got to have somebody else look at it and read it because they'll things they'll see things that you've never in a million years will catch because your brain is already 
assimilated that and assume that it's okay. Yeah. You've got to have somebody else read it. Yeah, minimally, if you're going to proof it by yourself, proof it backwards, right? Proof it backwards, have your computer read it back to you. Yeah, that's actually the best thing in a lot of ways. If you have to do it by yourself, proof it backwards and then have the computer read it back to you. But yeah, mistakes, I'm just saying, that's an example where I got lucky on a mistake. Mm. And it could have been a death knell and it would have been my loss and without oh, even I've, a chance. I, I've caught mistakes on mine that I... Uh, right, I oh God. I'm ashamed. Yeah, you know, I missed a period or a comma and I'd been like ending everything with a period and... Oh, I tell you. Yeah, but the easy thing too is, you know, decide on... You know, a simple format, you know, for example, um, if you're going to write the names of your papers, make sure you use a fixed um, style like the APA, American Psychological Association style. Keep things easy and consistent. So consistent, it's e- consistent. easy to find mistakes because you don't want to have those things. So what other things? So clear layout. Don't make mistakes. Make everything understandable, readable, right? Um, well, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna include something here, and, and uh, you, you you might disagree with this because I've talked to other people, and, and we've disagreed vehemently. We've never this, disagreed but... before, Tony. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> not by I, the time we not by, not by the I time we record. Now. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> All the bruises are healed, and the blood's dried up. But uh, one of the things that you know, I learned this way back when, when I was uh, working at a uh, university in the United States and I was reviewing admission applications for graduate programs, um, to look very carefully and not only at people's, like what we'd call maybe hard credentials, like, you know, which degree and, you know, work experience, like, but the other, what else? The, the, the icing, all right? What, what is it that makes this, what, what, what rounds out this person? And so, uh, what I include on mine always at the at the very end is um, a, a small little blurb on special interests. Oh, uh, yeah. See, yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah. but 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 when when I was at, uh, admitting people to the graduate prog- program in social work to look for things like leadership and um, also just like a general psychological bent. So. At the Semungaka, where I was hiring classroom teachers, not administrators, not research, I'm looking for people who are going to be in the classroom teaching oddball kids. And these are underprivileged and dead-end kids from the rough end of Osaka. Somebody who's done, you know, Peace Corps, gold star. Someone who's done some kind of volunteer work, gold star. (laughs) What, what, What university did they go to? It doesn't matter. Okay, okay. Well, if you put something in, for example, volunteer work. Right. Okay, I understand that. But I'm talking about the person who includes hobbies, you know, and special interests. I enjoy traveling, photography, and um, dancing. You know, I don't really care about that. In fact, I don't even want to know about that. But I think volunteer activities, that if you've done volunteer activities, then that's a fair thing because it's indicative of uh, your professional performance. Yeah, I may use that as like a kind of an out there... Uh, okay. Out there example, but you know, you look at people's. It's, it helps you round out. Puts a um, okay. You've got the photograph, but it helps round out. It gives you a sense of who this person might be. And you know, when you're looking at, the, you're trying to get a picture of the person from the CV that they've given you. The, the hobbies and the interests can kind of help round it out, especially when you kind of maybe combine it with other professional organizations that they might be in. Um, it's not, and again, this is something that I that. I know not everybody agrees with. 
when I was doing hiring, it's something that I looked at. And I talked for very years. It depends who's looking at your piece of paper. Yeah. It's like, you know, say if, if you send it to me, I'm going to be looking really hard at this stuff. You, you send it to Charles, <laughs> that might get it thrown in the trash bin. At some point, you got to throw the dice, right? No, there's a certain point that, you know, when people include their hobbies, I think it's just not appropriate. <laughs> Whereas if they included volunteer work, I would really understand that. Or, you know, extra courses they've taken, you know, things along those lines. But I really, you know, even an interview, once I remember I was being interviewed, this is uh, years ago. And somebody said, so what's your hobbies? And my response kind of was kind of like, why do you care? You know, it was what I wanted to say. It was like, you know, you you want to know that I I have hobbies outside of work, but any, you know, it was. No, I, if, if I was interviewing, I would be able to answer that question very easily. I said, well, I'm going to be hiring you to teach what I th- consider my charges. These these kids are my responsibility. I'm the head teacher. I've got to make a decision about who I'm going to put in front of the classrooms. I want to know what kind of person you are. Hmm. That makes and, that, and that's what I would answer. I, I, I mean, you know, I can yeah. understand that. I'm just trying to say that I, I, right. I think that I've gotten to a point where, you know, I mean, it's very few hobbies, I think. Yeah. And at your point, at our point in our careers, we don't need the hobbies. Uh, okay. But like for somebody who like for somebody who's younger, if you've got something that's good point, valuable, for example, that, 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 that can, can kind of get your leg up. Maybe that you enjoy writing, right? That you yeah, uh, you blog, right, exactly. you blog, you know, you run your own website that provides information about education opportunities. Mm. Those, you know, for somebody in the beginning, I think, OK, fair point. I'm, I'll allow you that. I mean, twist my arm and. You know, I'll 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 give up. Good, okay. because we got to get this under an hour. Okay, because <laughs> better be moving on. And I mean, that kind of brings up a good point, Tony. So, I mean, at our point in time, you know, where we, you know we both have like you know page of publications and a page of a you know page and a half of presentations and things, which is basically what people are really looking at. Sadly, yeah, yeah, and you know, um, what do you do when? You don't have any. Well, What's you got to start doing that, and it's one of the mistakes that, that lots of like younger teachers or in a more experienced teacher says. Well, somehow, you know, well, because you don't because you don't want to do it, you convince yourself that you don't need to do it. Right. You're, sorry, you're wrong. Um, we don't like to do it, <laughs> but we we we've survived. We have learned. Um, you need to do it. It is very often just like. You know, just like maybe your your maybe your even your <laughs> your master's degree. Not talking about anybody that I know, um, but, <laughs> but even people you know get their have gotten their master's degree simply as a credential, just to have it, just a just a stamp on there to say, okay, this person has passed this hurdle. Um, well, the those master's pub, in our those field publications. Is the union I'm sorry, card, right? The master's in our field is like a union card. Exactly. It's yeah. It's it's, it's the a basic license requirement. to work. It's the minimum requirement at this yeah. point. Yeah. So if as, you don't as, have your as, master's, as are a number of publications or presentations. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I've actually I would saw this. Um, I saw um a job, and it's went something like this. They were advertising for first year basic oral communication one and basic um, listening classes. <laughs> PhD mm-hmm. required. Please submit <laughs> copies of five publications. And I was trying to understand why a PhD was needed to teach that. And that was for a part-time job. Yeah. But the point of it is, is that people hire people because the idea is, believe it or not, 
you're, that you're supposed to be a researcher and an educator. I don't necess- I don't know that that's true. I I'm going to be more cynical. I think that it is a cheap ass easy shortcut. I think it's a way for them to filter people out without having to think about it and it gives them an easy way to give the give an objective marker say, "Oh, well we can't we because if they if they take away that master's requirement, then there's like another hundred CVs that they got to look at and actually think about and evaluate, and then they're going to have to make a decision. It's like, okay, well, this guy's fresh off the boat with a master's degree from Harvard. This person has a BA from San Jose Community College, but he's been teaching hey, in hey, inner San city Jose schools, is a good place. inner city schools for <laughs> ten years. He's done five years of Peace Corps, and now he's in Japan, like working as a in Tohoku with the victims from the and he's written a book on his own self-published about this. Okay. Now you, I'm sorry. It's much easier for them to say, I'm sorry, you don't have a master's degree. Okay. Well, I think that that's what's going to happen though. Is a lot of times, you know, again, can't emphasize that enough. If you don't have your master's degree, get it. And it's yeah, relatively yeah. easy if you're in the to- Tokyo Osaka area. Yeah. To get your master's yeah, degree. Yeah, I guess in the in, in the smaller towns and more remote areas. You're going to have to do distance. You're going to have to do big cities. Oh, it's cutthroat. Yeah, but you'll have to do distance learning. But um, if you're in a small town, but that's just the minimum requirement. And I mean, I keep seeing more and more even PhDs required full time, part time positions, right? Because this there's the demand, right? Is yeah. the supply law of supply and demand? Okay. Oh yeah, yeah, and it and it's shifted entirely. And we talked, you know, you talked about the difference in full time and part time. I've in the last couple of years, no, this is actually about three years already now. But um, yeah, an interview process um, for a part-time position that was more rigorous than any full-time position I applied for. Yeah, it can happen. I had to bring back, I had to bring, present, and let them keep for a, a few weeks originals of pres- of papers in in the journals going back fifteen, eighteen years. Yeah. Before, um, yeah. For a, to be a classroom teacher to teach freshman English conversation. Warning sign. You might not want to work there <laughs> <laughs> if they're that rigorous and that difficult. Because yeah. also one thing I'd like to address is I really think that the application process here is just insanely backwards. Mm. There's only one school I've ever known that had the process done right. And I'm primarily talking about full-time jobs, but... You know, when you apply for a job, they say, okay, download the school's, you know, um, CV, and then you have to download the school's form for publications, the school's form for presentation, your academic history, and then they, the, uh, my favorite thing, God, talk about a pet peeve, please write a 1,000-word <laughs> essay on how you would teach at our school. You know, yeah. that kind of thing. And it's like, yeah. well, how the hell would I know? I haven't been at your school. Yeah, I haven't seen the students. I how haven't would seen I know the students. I don't even know what your curriculum is. What kind of stupid question is that? I'm sorry. Ask me a question, for example, you know, how would you deal with, you know, um, you know, students who have limited English and there's a focus with um, extensive reading? How would you integrate that into an oral communication class? The good ones will ask you to design a syllabus. Those are the, when, by the way, if you ever see that, instead of an essay where they say, please provide a syllabus for a course in a certain topic, and they ask you to um, provide that, I think that's usually the good sign that there's somebody pretty bright running the hiring process. Hmm, good point. Has that, has that happened to you? Yes. 
Oh, cool. And every time, it's happened like every time, how many times? It's happened three or four times, and I've made it to the interview process. And every time, the person who was like the head of the hiring committee had was super sharp. Hmm. So I think that's like the opposite for me of the photo required hmm. is when I see that, right? That, ah, make a syllabus. Or the question is a really interesting question. Right. But often you'll get what are your teaching goals and uh, your goals for teaching and research. But they always say at our <coughs> school. And how are you supposed to answer that? But that's just a pet peeve. And I'm getting off the topic here. Hmm. So let's um, let's move on with the um, in addition to this, the CV, what goes with it? The cover letter. Ooh, craft that baby. Yeah, that's, craft that's, it that's and equally write. important. I think it's even more important. That's how you can tell who the person is. Oh, OK, good point. Then you get to see their writing style. Can this mm. person, like, you know, write a good paragraph? Can they write sentences that are clear? And how do they present themselves? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? You know, and, and I want to uh, see this stuff. You've got, you've got a standard letter that you I tweak have, when you, that you send out to well, school, right? Actually, it's kind of been Darwinian selection. <laughs> so, <laughs> I've, I've sent out the form, you know, the CV. And I've had a few different ones over, you know, the last, God, I don't know, 24 years that I've been, you know, sending out looking for part-time work or full-time work. And basically what I've done is when I get a job, I put that cover letter into a special file on my computer. And I've kind of merged those together and kind of turned it into what seems to be a reasonably um, good format for a CV. It has the basic thing that describes my approach to teaching some of the classes I've taught because I don't include the classes I've taught on my CV, which some people do. But, you know, like you, you know, I've got two pages of part-time work and full-time mm -hmm. work and it would be insane. So the main part talks about my approach to teaching in terms of what I do and that, you know, how do I approach, for example, homework and classwork. And, you know, it mentions that I can work with, you know, I've had success with students at all levels and I can work. And one thing I point out is I can work in a completely tech aug augmented classroom as well as a traditional classroom with no facilities at all. Mm -hmm. um, and then a few other things. And then I take that cover letter and I specifically then tweak it to the school. Yeah, very important. You ha Yeah, the cover letter must show that you are specifically applying for make that job. Make sure you change yes, the school's right. name. I'm applying, yeah, you know, it's like when you, when you, yeah, right, right, that's a really good, you know, especially if you're applying to. Because <laughs> I've gotten form letters, right? And, you know, it's, it's, it's the, the CV and the letter comes in and the, and, the, and the letter has got like the, in the heading, it's got another school's name and address on it. Dear Harvard Committee Selection Members. <laughs> <laughs> like that. By the way, the heading usually, uh, what heading do you use for your cover letter? What's that? What heading do you use for your cover letter? For example, I always say, dear selection committee members. Um, if I don't know the person's name, I use to whom it may concern. Okay, interesting. Okay. And then how about your cover letter? How do you have yours put together? Uh, it's a... Uh, oh, again, like you said, it's, it's evolved. It's a, it's a standard letter that I use, and I'll, again, tailor it to each school that I'm sending it to. I include the name of the school. Um, and if I have the name of the person that's uh, in charge of hiring things, I'll use the person's name, uh, tailor it to the posi specific position that there that is open, or um, tailor it to whatever information I have about the school. Um, yes, talked about my successes, my my experience, um, what I'm able to do. Um, I also include what I like to do. Um, <clears throat> And mm. um, talk a little bit about um, also uh, a sentence or two about 
teaching and learning and joy of learning mm. and the joy of teaching. Uh, it's not extremely formal. Mm. I mean, it's business-like, business tone, but it's it's not stuffy. Okay. Um, well, you would it's, never uh, be stuffy, yeah, it's one. It's with one page. Um, yeah. Cover letter must be only one page, by the yeah, way. Good right. point. That's right. Um, but I think... You know, whatever what I've done, whatever you've done, let's let's assume we kind of know what we're doing because we get interviews. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You get interviews. Yes. I get interviews. Something that we're doing, we we kind of know what we're doing because we get we're getting interviews. Our 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 letters and our our CVs are not ending up in the trash. Um, people here in Osaka talk about how, especially Osaka, I guess. Um, how what a closed network it is, and you only yeah, get jobs a, by referral. Re- you got to know somebody. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Right now, I, I guess two of my five. I guess actually because I knew somebody or someone mentioned my name, but um, there was a long time when zero. I had gotten all my jobs, and that's five different schools. All of them were cold, uh, no referrals, just on the strength of my um, cover letter and, and my CV. Yeah, well, I can tell you, I know for a fact after working in Kanto and also working in Kansai that it's a very different situation there. Mm. There's a lot more opportunity there, and there's a lo- much more high likelihood that if a position is advertised, it's a real advertisement. Ah. ah what do you whole, mean by that, Charles? That, that's a whole other topic. Well, yeah, yeah, okay, let's put that one out there. Was that, <laughs> schools are required. What could you possibly mean by that? Right. Schools are required to make announcements, right? And I've seen it where, you know, I, I turned to somebody once and I said, hey, you know, um, should I, is it worth for me to, you know, apply for this position? Because I knew the guy at the, was at the school and he was going to be, you know, part of the hiring thing. And I knew him through somebody else, right? And I was a little concerned about my age or something. And he said, no, go ahead and apply for the job. You know, um, I can't promise anything. Just, you know, you might as well send your CV in. And yeah. then they hired a part-timer from the school. Now, you know no. for a fact that if they hire somebody from within the school, there's a really good likelihood that, you know. It's a done deal. It's a decided before they even announced the position. Right. Whereas, when, they, when they wrote that description for the job, gee, do you they think wrote so? it around that, do, the, do you, that person's do, do background, and they knew that they were going to hire that person when think? they made the job announcement. Do, and, gee, and that that's, happens a lot. Oh, it happens very rarely. It happens <laughs> a lot. So that's when we go back to Osaka being an OBOG kind of old boy, old yeah. girl thing. But um, the thing I wanted to point out on my C- cover letter, Tony, is that I always do this, what you do too, which is I say, I'm applying to your university because, mm. and then I clearly state what I know about the university. And, and you know, and that's because yeah, do I your homework. go to the website, look at things, find some positive things Ask about around. the school. Yeah, contact people. I'm applying to your university because it has a well-known, coordinated program that has produced positive results, according to people I have spoken with. You know, start your letter off like that, and you're already in. Yeah. And yeah. remember, especially the point. You know, every university's got its points of pride. They might have some graduate that's excelled in one field or another. You know, throw that in there. Right, or the strength of a department. Um, but the key point is that the cover letter. Tells them what is not included in the CV. And people Mm. will say, as you can see in my experience section that I have taught these classes, there's no reason to say that. Right. You've already said. Explain how you've taught those classes or what your approach Mm. to those classes are. This is where you talk about your teaching philosophy. 
Exactly. Or you might want to draw their attention to to something in the CV that in the CV, it doesn't do it justice, right? You might want to Mm. augment something, explain that, well, this, you know, it, it says that I was assistant director. However, the director was in a coma for three years. Or- <laughs> and he was still on the Something job. Like that. <laughs> he didn't take a leave of absence. <laughs> he was on a walkabout. <laughs> oh, I've had, I've, had, I've had managers like that. And I'm sure that, you know, people have said that to me too. Virtual walkabout. Something's wrong with this guy, man. He's just not very aware. But those are the key things, right? So the cover letter, I think, is... I mean, I've had people tell me actually that it's the, my cover letter that they really appreciated. Yeah, and I've had I, the same compliment. And I've had the cover letter quoted back to me in the interview where they'll uh-huh. say, um, "We were we we were, wanted to ask you about this in your cover letter." That's hmm. not unusual or rare. Hmm. Um, you know, usually there's Correct. the discussion of your CV, and. Um, yeah, yeah. And be very, very careful, by the way, about making sure that you don't tailor your cover letter too much to the school and that you're kind of exaggerating your ability. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah, they say, pander. you know, you find out, for example, in one school I applied to, I found out that one person was really into task-based learning. And of course, I used task-based learning in my classes. In the, in the middle of the interview, the guy says, so which researchers in task-based learning do you base your teaching about? <laughs> and I was kind of like, oh, Ooh. let me see. Busted. You know? And I mean, I was able to, I was able to knock off three names, but they weren't, you know, anyone unusual that, you know, somebody who yeah. hadn't done a cursory reading of that. Sure. Um, and um, so be careful about that. In other words, be honest, be clear. Um, and um, also at the end of your cover letter, I always think it's a good idea to remind people, say, because of my abilities or skills or experience in A, B, C, D, and E, I believe that... Um, I might be able to, you know, to provide some an extra dimension to your university program, or your university might be able to benefit from my, you know, experience or something. Yeah. Always remind people at the end, sum it up what your strong points are. Huh. Okay. So presentations, publications, get onto it when you're a beginner, right? Yeah, that's okay. So yeah, okay. absolutely. Again, for people who are new or just getting started. Um, it, it's not too soon. You, you might, ju- you know, you're just you're just at ECC, whatever it might be. Talk to people, find out where you can get published. A local submit job your chapters. stuff. Get active in Jolt. Local, it local. Not only is going to help you with make with um, writing papers, making presentations, but also making the connections, finding yeah. where the jobs are, yeah. and uh, talking to people. Get your get your name out there. Get your face out there. Right. And another thing to do is to ask people if they'll show you copies of their CVs and their cover letters. See yep. what, you know, Very say important. if somebody's, you know, got a nice job, say, hey, you know, I'm just starting out and, you know, would you mind letting me take a look to see how your CV is put together? Mm-hmm. So do your research and homework, find out which CVs are successful. Yeah. And the thing, uh, just a, a small point with this, yeah, with the cover letter, with the CV, there's no magic formula. Um, you're going to look at, you know, it's said look at other people's. And we, we talked about having the importance of other people. Look at yours and critique it, and not only look for errors, but critique it and give their general impression. Um, there's no magic formula. Again, the same no, CD, no, no, the no, same no, cover no. letter is going to get you halfway <laughs> into your first class <laughs> in, in, in one situation, and it'll get you straight into the trash bin. 
Yeah, but there is uh, a in magic another, in another situation. You don't know. There is there's, a there's magic. No perfect, there's no magic formula. No, I'm sorry. I disagree. There is a magic formula for death. <laughs> you know, <laughs> well, there's, for the trash well, that, there's many, <laughs> many, yeah, many there's formulas. No magic, there are no magic death. formulas for success. But for <clears throat> having your CV go into the, the trash bin, a lot easy formulas, typos. Let's go sure, through them. Sure, sure, sure. Meticulous editing, as you've always said. <clears throat> edit it and then edit it again and then That's edit right. it again and have somebody check it. Let's see. Good takeaways. Form and formatting. Look at what other people have done, right? And yeah, see. Good, clean, simple presentation, yeah. appearance. And I believe the Chronicle of Higher Education has a whole thing on CVs. They have like a CV guide, and actually, these two people who actually comment on people's CVs, you know. And why like, not? This is, this is these money. Are, these are serious This is people's livelihood, right? Right. right. Um, get your papers and presentations down. Yeah. Right. Get a good cover letter. The cover letter, very important. Oh, 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 oh. And, you know, um, <clears throat> make sure your envelope is addressed properly and follow <laughs> the directions. Well, even the envelope itself, yeah. Um, the uh, Yeah, good point, though. Not only is it addressed properly, but when you're sending it to a school, make sure that it gets to, as, as best as you can. Make sure that it's going to the right person. Oh, oh and send- Don't just send it to... A, Osaka University. I mean, the department, the department chair, uh, as much information as you get, have or can get about who's responsible for handling these things properly to make sure that at least somebody sees it. Well, usually I think on the, on the websites they do include that. But if you, if, if you look at the website... Oh, okay. Which, well, some people, I guess, are sending out their CVs blank and, you know... And, and from, different... from the telephone book? I don't know, but... but... Again, yeah, that extra step, make get as much information as you can, get it as close in the address, get it as close to where it's supposed to be. It just enhances the chance of the right person right. seeing it. Send it in a nice envelope and send it, you know, ex, you know what is it, special delivery. Mm. So yeah. Kotatsu, you know, spend what do you think? What, what do you think about hand carrying? I've never done that. I've never done it either. I would, I mean, I wouldn't particularly, because, you know, what are you going to do? You're going to hand carry it into an office? Um. I don't know. I know. I don't I know would either. Send it... But I, I know that other people have had great success with that. Really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. You mean they've walked into and walked yeah. up to somebody in, in an office and handed their CV yeah. to somebody? Yeah. They they walk to the, the reception and say, "I want to talk to the person who's responsible for hiring English teachers." They they pick up the they get freaked out. They pick up the phone. No, <laughs> they call the person. Really? The person gets you get get to the person's office. You give them the resume and you got your interview. Well, that's because they can't say no to your face. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That would be rude. And, wouldn't and it? say, oh, it just showed great sincerity. I, I don't. I don't know the thought process. There, I, could, I can't I, begin. I could, I but I, I've heard people have had success with this. I've never done it. Hey, I know somebody who got a full time tenured. Position. For me, that's unprofessional. But right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What do but, I know? But I know somebody who got a full time tenured position by just sending out their CV in mass, even right. when there were no advertisements or something. And I, I. I guess, you know, I mean, if you got a full-time tenured position, good for you. Mm. But I tend to look for ads. And by the way, it's a good time to mention, there's a website is called, I think it's J slash R-E-C-I-N, the J Resin mm-hmm. site. That's pretty close. That's really, really a good site. Yeah. Um, it's actually, it will be J-R-E-C-I-N dot J-S-T dot G-O dot J-P. Great place to go for websites. That's where a lot of the serious positions are advertised, and you can select the area and the type of position you're looking for in what field. And these are advertised in English, so that's really helpful. And then there is the uh, what the JALT job board, 
Mm-hmm. Any other things you can think of? Other, those are the two main ones, I think. For jobs in Japan, yeah. Yeah, I'm, well, I'm thinking primarily if those are only for jobs yeah. in Japan. Yeah, jobs in that J that JREC site is very good. Very good. I think that's the go-to site for almost yeah. everybody. And um, actually, I'm just going to take a look at it right now. I think I want to, when I get done with this, I think I'm going to look myself. <laughs> yeah, I want to try to find out if people are trying to fire me or something or get rid of me. <laughs> I should be a little careful. But and by the by the way, anybody out there is doing any hiring? This is uh, Tony Silva. And Char- uh, no, no, it's not Tony Silva. It's two teachers talking dot com and Charles Wiz at two teachers talking dot com. We'd be glad to talk to you about any position that you have available. Would be really, really, really good. And. Um, you know, so then they also, that's a good place to get a sense for what people want. And by the way, it's a good point to mention that I'm really convinced of this, that if they're asking, if they're looking for an assistant, full-time, if they're looking for an assistant professor, it means they want somebody around 30. If they're looking for an associate professor, they want somebody between like 35 and 45. And if they want looking for a professor, it's for a person above 40. And probably under 50. Yeah, under 50, yeah, because once you get over that well, age, it's... Yeah, um, that's another whole thing that it just a lot of people, including myself, can't get our heads around is that, yeah, um, looking for a job here, like a professor job at 50 years old. Unless you're really famous. You're too old. Well, I'm lucky. I mean, I, I'm trying to find you know, a full-time job in, in Kansai, and I'm 54 now. So I'm finding it's really difficult, but you know there are. But it's a matter of getting lucky. For example, right? I know that when at one school they were hiring, and I sat in on the hiring committee, and they wanted nobody under fifty. And I said, you know, that's interesting. I've heard people saying not over forty. That's the first time I heard not under fifty. Is that why? Why are you asking that? I said we want somebody with a record that we can look at and see. We want somebody who's worked in the system who understands that we don't want trouble. Well, to us, it's common sense, but yeah, you know, so, where that is. Ah, that's a good thing. Why they call it common sense. That's a good thing to put in your cover letter if you're a younger person without a lot of job experiences that, you know, you enjoy working within Japanese universities and you understand the importance of cooperation. That cannot hurt well, you in your cover letter. Things, yeah. Again, common sense. Right. Ah, can you tell I'm bitter? Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> well, Tony, you know what? I, I mean, I think anyone who didn't hire you full-time made a really yeah. bad mistake. And, uh, yeah, well, their loss. Yeah, their loss. Their loss. And, you know. Okay, I think and, um, we've covered and, and, a lot. You know, and I'm sure they regret it. <laughs> what, is it, is it Whoever did, they hired. Did you ever see Gladiator? You <laughs> saw the movie Gladiator, Russell Crowe, right? Mm. Yeah, you remember the scene where he, like, takes off his mask at the end after he's done his first gladiator fight and Joaquin Phoenix, you know, is like the emperor wants to know who he is. And, you know, he's – and what is it? Can you still quote it? I know you used to be able to quote it I, What completely. is it? He says something like, um, you know, and Joaquin Phoenix has killed this guy's wife and child. And um, Russell Crowe says it's, you know, I am, you know, whatever my name is, you know, a true citizen of Rome, a – you know, a honorable general to the true emperor of Rome, father to a murdered son, a husband to a murdered wife. And then he says, and I will have my vengeance in this life or the next. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like that line. So I'm just saying that these people for not hiring you. They, yeah. But that's a clear point, you know, and um, and people in the audience, I'm not, um, you know, trying to brag or anything about my ability but i mean i think people who know you tony there's a lot of respect for your ability and your commitment as a teacher and the fact that you of all people who was never able to find a full-time job i think is a very sad commentary on the hiring practices in japan because yeah but uh, but, you you know know, actually you know no regrets it's um because uh we talked we started off talking a little bit about um 
uh, my presentations in, in Russia. And uh, one of the things that came up um, that was quite shocking to them was uh, talked about class sizes, the number of classes that uh, part-time teachers here teach and uh, the sizes of the classes. And, uh, you know, they talked to me, you know, personally out afterwards, but uh, during your presentation, your question and answer period, it's like, well, you know, how do you survive? And I said, I really love my job. <laughs> I really love what I'm doing. It's like, and, you know, sometimes it's really hard, but I'm looking, and you talk about, you know, okay, yeah, it's really hard. I'm in you know, five different schools and I'm in a classroom all day. You know, would I give that up to sit in meetings all day? I've been there. <laughs> no, thank you. Actually, this is yeah. fine. Yeah, and that's, that's <laughs> no so sympathy needed from the audience here. I'm fine. I'm enjoying myself. Yeah, and your vacations are better. And I think I was making better money than when I was full time. And I had more of my own time when I was part time. Right. I mean, I have meetings during the breaks. Yeah, but yeah. Just remember, there's advantages and disadvantages <clears throat> to each, but find your niche and go for it. That's it. And remember yeah. that you're in the classroom because that's where you want to be. And uh, you and know. I think it's it's often it's not just a, ca a case of full time versus part time, but it's full time where and part time where because uh, I think places are not the same at all. It's big, big, big differences. You know that is you know I know we're, we've gone on for a while here, but that's a really good point, which is that where you work is even more important than your position. Yeah. Absolutely. I was at one school. I didn't like it. And I actually took a demotion from, you know, associate professor to assistant professor just because the school was a better school and the people. Yeah. And now, you know, I'm really happy where I am. I really <coughs> like working with the people cool. I work with in my department. Yeah, we it's, get a, it's worth it's worth so much. It's worth it's, a, worth, it's so much. worth a lot. So Every day. if you, you know, try, you know, do your best and remember that a good gig is a great gig. Yeah. Okay, and so Tony, what's up next to our next okay. podcast? Well, we're gonna we're gonna follow up, right? We we did the the CV and the cover letter. Oh, today, do we get and, to do uh, the interview? We'll the talk about uh, interviews. The, <laughs> the fun of having a job interview, um, which is which again, like so many things in Japan, is such a different beast. Oh, I have um, I have a and it'll be story. fun, it, especially if you if you haven't been through it or if you you haven't had a lot of interview experience. Um, Boy, oh boy. Actually, that's a good thing. I'd like to send out to anyone who's listening, all four of you or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> send us your interview stories at two teachers talking, right, at gmail.com. It would be great if we could read some interview stories. Yeah, that'd be cool. It would be great to share some more stories. You know, give right? us your worst uh, interview ever. Two teachers talking at gmail.com. Right. Send us your worst interviews to the horror stories. Or the right? best. Or even you know, anything, yeah, anything, like anything. It would be, it's, it's be wonderful because, you know, we, I've got stories. Charles has got stories. But, you know, get a different spin, get extra input. It'd be, it'd be great to be able to talk right. about it on the air. Yeah, because I have both. I have, you know, the fantastic interview. And then I have the, the interview from hell, you know. And, yeah. You know, if I do have any regrets in life sometimes, and I'll talk about it next week, or it's not just standing up in the middle of the interview and going, I'm sorry, I'm done here. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's my big regret in life is I didn't walk out on interviews. Uh, that were so bad, you know what I mean? That I knew it were hopeless, right? Anyway, but I wanted to be polite. So this is Charles Wiz. And Tony Silva. And we're two teachers yakking today. Two, teacher, <laughs> two teachers talking.com, right? Right. And two teachers talking at gmail.com. And this that's is our... Right. 
two times a month podcast. We're back from the summer. We hope everyone out there has had a good summer and is getting ready to get back into the classroom. And uh, let us know how you're doing and what's new and if you have any questions. And we're looking forward to those interview stories. Yeah, share those interview stories. And uh, until then, yeah, and enjoy your classes. Okay. All right, everybody. So I'll talk to you in a couple of weeks, Tony.